Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Today, we're getting a little bit of everything in Mr. Kevin Kaufman coming out of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, We ideated for a little bit before jumping on the podcast today, and this guy is doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, He started off by saying his superpower was building teams, and he'll talk about his successes there. But I think his superpower goes a lot further than that beyond once the team is up and running in your seventh level. And that's what we're going to focus this conversation on. Kevin, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks a lot, man. I'm glad to uh, to be here and uh, to do this opposite opposite roles today. <laughs> Absolutely. Kevin had me on his show a little bit while back. Uh, what's the name of your podcast, Kevin, for those listening that want to check it out? So it's really originally named. It's called The Kevin and Fred Show. Um, Kevin and Fred Show. Kevin and Fred Show, yeah. So on like, iTunes. Yeah, dude, we had to think hard about that name too. Like it, oh, it took us a while. And why'd you impressive. name it that? <laughs> dude that's such I a long story cool man well yeah your guys you guys do an awesome job um and i think the focus of that of course you're across all brokerage flags helping people live and lead better lives um you and i were talking about how we both have aligned with the gary keller mentality regarding living our best life and being intentional with our time and i wanted that to be the focus of today uh gary put a book out a long time ago called the one thing yeah. And what I really love about the one thing that people don't talk enough about is all the businesses and research that him and Jay Papasan did to discover like all the businesses that have made it, made it because of one thing. Now they have multiple things like Nike, but if you've ever, if you've ever read Shoe Dog, Nike's, the Nike story is pretty fascinating. Um, it was the shoe. And who made them the name? Michael Jordan. Before that, they were not doing the kind of volume and the kind of business that they're doing today. So as we all are intentional in our lives and trying to live our best life um, in our job, in our businesses that we own, in our relationships we have with our family, in our health and our mental health, our physical health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what's the one thing? And I think this comes at a great time. You know, we're probably a couple months in from the first of the year. So people have already started failing on being consistent with their new year's resolutions. So maybe this will be a good kick in the butt to help remind people that they need to be intentional again. The first thing I want to talk about is family. Uh, Kevin made a comment in our chat, which I don't hear very often by high D driven individuals. And that was his big focus is just to be able to be home for breakfast and dinner with his family, play with his six and eight year old child um, and just really enjoy the weather. They're in Arizona. It's gorgeous there most of the time. So let's first talk for like a couple minutes. Like what made you want to be a great dad, a great significant other um, and be intentional around that? you know what gosh what made me want to do that I, that's hard that's a hard question because i i don't know i just did um when I, I mean when i met my the day my daughter was born i was like done it's over you know i was like whatever you want you know like that type of deal like never had experienced anything like that and um d- didn't know what to expect obviously but it was it was i always tell people having having kids is like the hardest thing ever and the best thing ever all at the same time. And it just, you know, luckily you mentioned like the one thing and Gary Keller was such a heavy influence on my life for gosh, 
10 years. Uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time around him. I, I read an advanced copy of The One Thing. And one of those things I learned to do was just like, whatever's most important is most important, right? And so for me, that's that's kids, family. And um, so I just... What are, a few, what are a few family hacks um, that your family does consistently that you would say, our family's really good at X that you feel has brought your family together? And obviously I asked the question in the era of, we have all these people listening who have lied to themselves saying, oh, I'm going to work 90 hour weeks and not be there for my family because eventually it'll give me time to be with them. But it's like this everlasting lie because it's never enough and people just keep working and then they're never home and the kids graduate from high school and there goes my time and opportunity. So what would be a few small hacks? I'll start it off. Uh, we have been consistent ever since our children were born. And I have a 11 year old, 13 year old and 15 year old at family dinner. I'd say family dinner has happened six out of seven days every week for 17 years, 16 years. And that family dinner can be at 6 p.m., 8 p.m. It doesn't matter. But at some point in the evening, we're going to come together. We're going to force the kids to sit down with us. And that is the time where we look each other in the eyes and we have quality 15 minutes. And we have played a game called high low. And everyone on the table would go around and say, what was your high today? And what was your low today? And it was a great way to just have a little window into their lives, no matter their age, no matter what they're going through. Some days they're like, I don't want to answer that stupid question. Other days they're all excited and talk too long. But that's been one little hack that's easy. Anyone can do that. Sit together, ask a high-low question, and get to know your people that you live with. Yeah. You know, for us, if I had to boil it down to one thing is like the, the bedtime routine. Um, but early on, like I just decided I was going to be there when the kids woke up for two reasons, for my relationship with them and to make sure that my wife didn't feel like this was her job um, to, to, to carry the burden of the entire family and raising the kids. Like I was just never going to let that happen. So number one, because I want to be around my kids and I, I love it. So I'm there when they wake up. And which usually means I'm the morning person in my house. And so, which means I'm the one making breakfast and stuff, but you know, we have a routine around dinner time, and then, but there's a, there's a specific bedtime routine that we've had since the day my first daughter was born and it just happens every day and we don't miss it. It's just, it's how it is. And it just makes things, makes life simple. It makes it really simple to it. know that we're going to be able to connect. Yeah. It's interesting. You call that simple. Um, and it actually creates freedom, even though you have a process and a system in place. And what I find and back to the one thing by creating a time block and having consistencies every day, it does create freedom. It, it actually provides oh, you yeah. more opportunities than less. Um, don't think of it as being constricted. And I think those were all great points. Uh, one more I'll share on this topic, then we'll move on to something else. Um, big, hairy, audacious goals as families. Uh, my wife and I early on said that we wanted to take the family um, once a uh, once a year over the summer, because that's typically when the kids are out of school here in Omaha, we want to take them on a big international trip for three to six weeks, depending on the location we go and their ages, etc. We started that about five years ago. And we've been doing it. And it's been amazing. Like, I feel like and I tease my kids, I'm like, I think you learn more on these trips than you learn in a whole year of school. Just because it really like brings them down to the world. Like we've been to South Africa. Um, we've been to We've been to like 10 different places already, both on the summer trip and then on different trips throughout um, the year. And it's been awesome to have that one-on-one -on -one time. And I think for anyone listening, that's like, you know, super aggressive working all the time. It also allows you the escape and the permission to put your stupid phone away and just give all of your time and energy to your family. So trips have been a, a huge hack for us and not everyone can afford a big, amazing trip to South Africa. And that's fine. Do a road trip. We've done several East coast, West coast, South coast, North coast road trips. And those are equally beneficial.
Yeah, it doesn't have to be that. Like, and and it can be right. Um, so for us, it's funny you say that. So San Diego is something my wife and I both have always done, probably since we we're both much younger and even knew each other. So there's always two to three weeks in the middle of July that we're going to be at our at a beach house in San Diego every single summer without question. And then, yeah, little road trips here and there and other trips that get scheduled. And, you know, again, dating back to the going back to the one thing, um, those things get scheduled ahead of time. Like I literally my business partner really are those guys that actually fill out their calendar more than a year in advance. Mm -hmm. And it starts with the time off and we fill in from there. Of course. Learned that from Gary and I've actually just done it for the last seven, eight years and and Mm -hmm. just stick to it. It's so funny, Kevin, you'll hear this all the time, but people have these limiting beliefs and they'll say the sentence, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to go on a trip. I don't have time to go on date night with my wife. I don't have time to get up with the kids. I don't have time to put the kids. But like, you have time for everything. You just have to make it meaning place it in the calendar and then be true to yourself and the promises you've made to your family and the goals you've set and be consistent with all the small and simple things. And that's really what creates greatness, in my opinion. And to prove it, everybody's been on at least one vacation and everyone, every realtor likes to say how, of course, business comes and they get five, five days worth of work done the day before they leave for vacation. And what the, the reality is, is it's because they actually had scheduled that vacation and they've spent money on it and they've put themselves on the line to where they're going to go no matter what, which means they're going to get the shit done that they have to do no matter what prior to going. And mm. so if we just behave that way every single day, imagine how big our lives could be. Anything you guys want to realize is possible. Um, Kevin has a very successful team in Arizona. You guys did over $100 million in sales volume last year. I think a couple hundred units, 350 units, something like that. And you're consistently doing that, but you don't play a major active role. You said about an hour a week right now. Yeah. So uh, obviously it hasn't always been this way. You know, my business partner and I started working together uh, in February of 2008. And we've just been building and, you know, we've taken our lumps along the way. And I always like to say been punched in the face. And <laughs> you were there uh, for the build up in 2008. The short sale market in Arizona was insane. Yeah, I dude, remember my, golfing. I went to JW, one of the Marriott, JW Marriott Camelback, I think it was. And there were like houses, condos on the golf course for 200,000. I remember saying to my dad then, I was like, man, if I had a couple million bucks, I'd buy a bunch of these condos. And now I bet those condos are 800,000. Oh, at 10 least. years later at least unreal man my third transaction ever was a short sale and then like the next like thousand were short sales for the most part Mm. and but yeah so we we, you know we we had our ups and downs and i've certainly learned a lot i've had um things along the way so one thing i don't want to do is make it sound like yeah you could just run your business an hour a week um there's a lot of blood sweat and tears that went into it but then there was also some very strategic decisions that included us making less money for a period of time as we i like to say like i remember drawing a line in the sand and going, we're either going to succeed through other people or we're not. And so then we had to learn how to do that. And along the way, we made less money for a little bit of time from our business and we did. And then we did. And so fast forward to today. Yeah, we run a great business. I probably appreciate it more now than I ever have. Um, We've sold more homes than we have before. There's been times when, of course, we've had higher, higher expenses than we have now um, and some flashier numbers, but I really love and appreciate our business. I've got some amazing people that I work with that I care about deeply and it allows this business to run at a high level still uh, with me focusing on other things. I love it. And one of the things you said there uh, that I want to make sure we highlight for our audience members, and that was they made the decision. He drew a line in the sand that they were going to get this thing to work without them being necessary. 
who's willing to commit to that level? That's a commitment. And it's interesting you've shared that because that's the exact adventure I'm on right now. Um, I stepped out of team leader role, but I was still in an active role with my real estate team. Last year, we launched a real estate brokerage at Keller Williams, and I didn't want to be the, the face. I didn't want to be the person having to do it all. I knew exactly what it was going to take. And I found an amazing implementer and visionary um, in my partner, Paul Richardson, who is now running with it. But I needed to step away. And it was that whole mentality of I'm stepping away no matter what. If this thing yeah. crashes and burns, I'm out. And I'm so not be out, out yeah. But, yeah, but so be it, right? Because I know that for me to create more impact, influence for others, make more money, um, get into more of the things that I'm more passionate about, I had to find the replacement. Most agents and people in general <clears throat> aren't willing to take a financial loss. They're not willing to step back. And anyone I've ever seen that has achieved high level success at anything and everything is willing to take setbacks and step backs and fail backs which help you obviously fail forward eventually. Um, and, and it's a risk and it's a sacrifice. And for people that I see that say, I work an hour a week and make a million dollars a year and launched all these other businesses, they have failed forward and had to do that. And you're yeah. one of those people. Yeah, and they've, you know, they've taken big risks and probably, you know, been punched in the mouth too and, and all that good stuff. And it's just one of those things like you get to pick your, pro I was, here's what I tell people, you get to pick your problems. You don't like, it's a lot of problems to have a, a team of a lot of agents and a, maybe a big staff or a small staff or just being a solo agent. You get to pick your problems. Yep. I refuse. I don't want my income to depend on me sitting in a living room. And I also don't want my income to depend on how many sales I personally do ever, you know, in a year or in a week or in a month or whatever that looks like. And it's just a different set of problems that I've chosen to, to work with that's allowed me to go and do other things in addition to having this business. Dude, that's a great way to look at it. Different sets of challenges. So like having kids, not having kids, being single, being married, living in Arizona, living in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. You know, it's always the question is just what is the different set of challenges going to look like? And so for me, and I know, Kevin, you share this mindset is I, I knew that I could keep selling real estate and go sit in people's living rooms, like you said, and make great money and help a lot of people. But I knew I could help more people sitting in less living rooms and focus on teaching other people to sit in living rooms and then build the ancillary businesses that run parallel to the real estate transaction, which is what leads me into our next topic and final topic. But before going down that rabbit hole, would like to in, uh, invite all of the listeners out there to attend any of our upcoming events. We have a big team building workshop in March that we're hosting in Omaha, Nebraska. We're not canceling. It's not virtual. It's in Omaha. And then we're hosting the team building summit, which we host once a year. And that will be in Omaha as well in May. So would love to invite any of your audience, Kevin, to attend. Of course, would love to invite awesome. our audience to attend to get more information about that. You can just go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, click on events. And for the Team Building Summit, we actually have a page dedicated to that called the TeamBuildingSummit.com. All right, next rabbit hole and final rabbit hole. Ancillary businesses, ancillary time, businesses up and running, hour a week. I've always said five hours a week. What are all the other things we're doing? My audience hears all the time. I talk about mortgage and investing and coaching and all the things I've got going on. What are some of the things you've got going on? Yeah. So, you know, one of the, probably the, not probably, the thing that I spend the most or the biggest chunk of my time on now is uh, I'm in a EXP Realty and, and helping that brokerage grow, right? Help, helping my You guys have had business. massive growth. I see Facebook is blowing up with like, what, tell, share with us the um, increase that you've seen in your stock over the last 12 months. I do. It's, I almost don't like sharing it because it's yeah, so astronomical. It's it's I mean, it's I like at 10 bucks to 130, 150, yeah. something like, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's 1300%. Yeah. And so I'm seeing that all the time. Grant Cardone just announced this week. Uh, he just joined. Yeah. Which I don't, I'm still not even real sure what that means. Uncle but G. yeah. 
apparently uh, it, I'll here. tell you what it means. It means influence. Yeah. So you, what's interesting, that I know. correct me if I'm wrong, but like Keller Williams, um, they have profit sharing as well. And you don't have to be a real estate agent to be part of the profit sharing model. You right. can actually plug in just like at any other multi-level marketing company, which I'll say, I think EXP and Keller Williams share in the same mindset of, Hey, let's put people in the downline. EXP, well, let, let's be fair. All brokerages do that. Some so two of them share that money with the agents. Ooh, I like that. Let, Did everyone hear that? Like, and like dude, like any franchise system, like now right. K, at least KW gives money to the agents, but all the other real estate companies, they're the same. It's just a matter of who does that money flow to? It's the same yeah. company dollar. Well, and it's funny. I've been doing these call to actions to get people to click on our recruiting ads for Omaha but as we build our brokerage. We went from 30 to 130 agents in 12 months. And we That's think awesome. we'll grow another 130 agents in the next 12 months. And one of it, one of my call to actions, I call clickbait, says what your broker doesn't want you to know. And then it does this little video. And one of the things says, stop, stop giving 6% of every sale to the traditional broker who you're making billions of dollars a year for. And it's so interesting to me, the mindset behind EXP and Keller Williams, that is, it's a capping model. You pay a cap every year. And so this isn't like an advertisement necessarily for any particular company. I keep my podcast and you keep yours completely agnostic to all brokerage flags. However, I do like seeing my audience members keeping money. And if the brokerage you're with or team you're with isn't creating enough value for the money you're giving them, you should look at other options. And I know in most places, EXP's caps around 16,000, KW's caps are around 20, and it's obviously different in every market and whatever people want to create, but it's a capping model. And not only that, it has profit sharing built in. The neat thing about EXP's profit share, correct me if I'm wrong, it's based on the gross sales, not the net the office makes. So even if an office isn't profitable, because there's not necessarily in exp physical offices you're still getting paid out and it pays out really well inside of the exp world can you explain that real quick for anyone that listens that doesn't know a lot about how your profit sharing works yeah so so we actually call it rev share and i think this is great because it's called the team building podcast right so i think of it like a team right we as team owners we do revenue share too right we, we let's say prototypical and i'm not saying this everyone split is 50 50 with a buyer's agent right that's it's the same thing here, right? So the company, which you guys should note, EXP as extremely profitable and has only grown in profit as it's as it's grown bigger. But what happens is they just take a percentage of that. It's like fifty percent of the company dollar gets shared back out to the agents and help it grow in a very similar fashion to the way KW does with their profit sharing system. The difference is instead of individual market centers and and brokerages that are owned by different ownership groups. EXP is one big company. And so it doesn't flow that way. It's just, it's literally off the top. I think that I, I actually didn't know that. So it's just a yeah. percentage of what the gross profit is, not each individual's. I, for some reason, thought everyone you brought in, let's say they has paid their 16,000 cap, you got 2,000 of their 16,000 directly tied to them. So you do at EXP, you don't at KW. Because the, so the, the difference is like the individual, like, you know, you started KW Elite. So mm -hmm. you guys have your own set of books. And, you know, if you go down the road, I probably don't have one down the road, but like there is Tempe, there right, is. there's three within five yeah, miles of exactly. me right now. Exactly. And they all each have their own set of P&Ls, right? Sure. And so the profit share is based on each of those offices. Whereas at EXP, it's all, it's off the top. It's actually a percentage of the GCI. And it's, yeah. you know, it's also a seven layer system. But what I think the important lesson here is you, and this is, listen, especially as real estate agents, right? And real estate professionals uh, who talk to people about home ownership every day, you're either renting your brokerage or you're owning your brokerage. It's one of the two. Yeah. And it's okay, as long as you realize which one you are. 
just be really clear with yourself. And so um, you get the chance to partake in the upside or you don't, then either is okay. Just be clear about what it is. And know what you're building, know what you're putting your time and energy into. The individual agent at the traditional brokerage is going to keep every dime of every commission that they ever sell. And then when they're done selling, they're done. Yep. Think about that. You go your whole career and what have you have for it? What did the broker do for you to help you create wealth? And that was Gary's idea. I like how EXP has put the twist on it to say, hey, we're not going to worry if a location is profitable. You're making money no matter what when you bring people into the downline. Um, for any of our audience members, and this is not an advertisement, but I did share with Kevin, I wanted to make sure um, there was a person people could reach out to if they had questions on EXP because it is a topic I'm seeing all over social. Kevin, what's the best way someone could reach out if they had any follow-up questions? to this topic either kevinandfred.com again super original there's a contact us button there or find me on facebook in our facebook group next level agents and just shoot me a message i'm really active on messenger not so much actually on facebook but on messenger and i'm happy to be an open book and share uh, like i'm just a big believer like you and i'll just give uh i'll just give and give and give to this industry that's given me back so much because it's it's yep. something i believe we have a we have a responsibility to do actually Love it. And Kevin was a huge follower in the Keller Williams world. Uh, like he said, he met with Gary Keller. Um, it's really connected to a lot of people that ha um, are still at Keller Williams and have yeah. left. Uh, so if you have questions from the Keller Williams standpoint too, Kevin can answer those questions. And then I will also pair it. And I don't usually bring this up because like I said, our podcast is agnostic to all brokerage brands, but I do own a Keller Williams franchise in Omaha. And I would invite anyone nationally that's interested in partnering up um, and joining Keller Williams to help us launch expansion locations. We're open to that dialogue as well. And you can reach out directly to me. Um, go to jeffmcone.com, J-E-F-F-M as in Mark, C-O-H-N.com. And it'll give you a link there where you can apply to be one of our expansion locations. Kevin, I found that if we keep these to 20 minutes, we won't it's lose better. people's attention. Um, we're at that time. And I didn't mean for us to talk so much about EXP, but that is where you're putting a lot of your time. And expansion is where I'm putting a lot of mine. And I think a lot of people are watching people like us going, you know, what's the next chapter of my life um, outside of just the team? And even if they're choosing to sell and they're choosing that set of problems, you can still do more than just sell. And Kevin and I both did just a lot more than just sell. And I, I'm a firm believer that the future agent needs to be a hybrid agent. I called it an agent advisor, where not only are they wearing the real estate agent hat, they're also making sure the person has secured the best mortgage options, has their property casualty insurance locked down, has the best title company or attorney to help with title. And the list can go on and on and on. What builder to use, what home warranty company, what home inspection company. And I feel like agents just think, oh, all I'm going to do is the real estate part. And I'm not going to help make it, you know, suggestions or have opinions on all of the other things. You have to continue to increase your value if you're going to keep your commissions at 6% or 5%. Commissions are going to continue to be challenged. And so if you don't have an answer to that question, that is going to be a con That's the key. problem. That's the key. So what are you doing today actively to protect your commission in two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? Don't think, oh, the lobbyists in DC are going to protect us or our brokerage brand is going to protect us. While they're all trying to, you're going to need to solve this problem for yourself. And that's why we built the ancillary businesses. I know that's why Gary launched an ancillary, you know, the ancillary arm with mortgage and um, now insurance was to help the agent retain their commission. So everybody needs to find that solution. And we will continue obviously talking on that in future episodes. I, I'm passionate about that topic. Yeah, man, I think that's huge. Like, you know, my good friend Curtis Johnson always he says, like, most real estate agents, like, they never, you don't ever go to a retirement party for a real estate agent. Real estate agents don't retire; they typically just expire. Uh, and so, what are you, what are you doing to make sure that that you're not one of them? Like, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not willing to go sit in living rooms for my income now, much less am I going to do it when I'm 75. So what are we doing to make sure 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years down the road, we still have an income from all the hard work and dedication we put into to our craft? No, I love that. It's a great question um, that all of us can try and be solving that answer for ourselves. Uh, it's funny, I get people calling me out all the time because I'm always talking about, hey, what's seventh level? Well, it's to not even be running the team. Someone else is running the team. You're netting a million dollars a year. And you have all these people that are going to podcasts. Every other podcast I know of in the real estate space teaches people to be on a hamster on a traditional brokerage wheel. All the coaching companies teaching people to be hamsters on the traditional brokerage wheel for the most part. I feel like our podcast has done so well. We had over 120,000 downloads last year and we've been running this only like five years. I think I have almost 200 episodes and I think it's done so well because one, we're agnostic to any brokerage brand. Two, we teach people to not sell real estate. So it's like a refreshing message. Like, wait, he's talking about eventually you wouldn't have to sell any longer. And people are like, how long until I could get be at that point? I said, you could do that day one. You literally never have to sell a house, right? Like you, there's no rule that you have to sell. Now, obviously best practices probably have a couple hundred sales under your belt and then you teach other people to sell and you teach other people to stop selling. And it just goes on and on and on. And I know you and I both subscribe to that yeah. mindset and help people live and lead the life of their dreams and create that impact and influence for those people. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. You know, it's funny, you know, my podcast, what I like to do is um, similar but different. I like to just highlight different people's, people's different business models. There's not, you mentioned the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I hate about getting it. And this is not like anytime you get inside of a brokerage or even inside of like a coaching company, like you get into this, everybody tends to do things like this one or two similar ways. Mm -hmm. And there are so many different ways to succeed at a high level. And so one of the things I love doing with, with interviewing uh, different big thinkers, and you were on not too long ago, maybe we can link to that in the show notes, um, is that there are different ways to succeed. There's different ways to run your business, not just one way because you're at this brokerage and your broker taught you to do that, right? Um, but there's there's people out there kicking butt, doing things totally differently than anything you've ever imagined before. And we can learn from those people. Dude, I love it. And where we learn the difference between Kevin and I are the books that we've read, the people we've met and the podcasts we've listened to. So we challenge all of our listeners, read more books, listen to more podcasts, not just ours. Um, and I loved your point earlier, you find that in one traditional brokerage brand, and this is no, this is no um, knock to any brokerage brand, but it's the human nature is that you're only going to mastermind with the people at that brokerage because the other yep. brokers don't understand or they're not willing to share. That is a falsity. Um, I masterminded before when I was at Berkshire, I masterminded with the KW agents. When I was an indie in Omaha at MP Dodge, I masterminded with Berkshire and all the other companies. Like, I couldn't believe though, I'd go to certain groups like, oh, we only talk with X real estate company. People. It blows like, me away. It I'm totally like, you're blows so limited. I'm like, yeah. that only is like 15%. Like you're missing out on so much. And that was one of the reasons I launched my podcast is I wanted to go across all brokerage brands and create value for people that are aspiring to be like me when they grow up, which was have the ability to not have to sell if they didn't want to. Now, if you like being in the living room, I was actually, I'll be honest, I was in a living room two days ago on a $3 million listing for four hours. It was a close family friend and they had to share a lot of things with me that they've been going through the last couple of years. And I listened to all of it because I'm a 99i but my D was having a heart attack. And it's so funny. Every time I do that, I go home and I say to my wife, I remember why I don't do listing presentations. I remember why I don't sit in living rooms. This is horrible. I have no more empathy for people, Kevin. Yeah, it's I tough. hear you, dude. I, I hear you, man. It's, it, dude, again, it comes back to all decisions. Like, trust me, for a close family member or something like that, if something's yeah. wrong, of course I'd be of there. Course. I probably would just make sure one of the agents goes to make sure the the paperwork's done correctly. Yeah, no, totally. I, I well, it's funny, I open this thing up by saying, I don't even care about the commission. 
And she's yeah. like, well, don't charge me a commission. I'm like, well, I have to charge a fee. I can't give it away for free. Um, but I don't care about it at all. I have no attachment to it. And I have no attachment to it because that's not how I make my money. Yeah, It's kind of fascinating. You said that already in this interview. You're like, hey, I didn't want that to be how I generate my income. And I didn't want that to be how I generated my income either because it's not scalable. Kevin, you've been an awesome guest. That was fun. Thank you for coming on the show today. We'll definitely have you on again. Yeah, man, my pleasure. Uh, happy to happy to chat again anytime and maybe we'll run it back for both shows. Dude, I'd love it. Appreciate you, man. Have a great one. Thanks a lot, man. Talk to you soon. All right. 